in the vast open arctic near a peaceful little village lived nanu a tiny polar bear a rumble started in his stomach and he knew it was time to go hunting nanu loved eating seals so with a deep breath he jumped into the ice cold waters of the arctic but he could not see even a single seal there was just one fish swimming some distance away every year as the earth got warmer the harder it was for nanu to find any food a little while later nanu heard the loud hum of a giant ship that had come near his island to drill for oil it was all going to get dirty and noisy and nanu wanted to get away as quickly as he could and so he jumped into the ocean where he met toklo the whale who was singing happily nanu was surprised that toklo had found any food toklo then told him about his good friend ana and her grandmother who were eskimos and they were helping a lot of the bears the whales and many more creatures get food how did they do that what did they do to help the arctic region become healthy again to find out more you can read the book save the arctic by bethany stall in today's episode we speak not only about how polar bears can be saved but also about how we can create a future in which both people and nature can thrive and as we near the end of 2022 here are some of the big events related to climate change that have taken place this year hi there you're listening to what's new today a kids and family podcast about current events shaping our world this is your host sangeeta from india If I were to tell you all the news stories I'm sure it would be terribly boring so I invite curious children from anywhere in the world to discuss these news stories in today's episode I'm joined by three curious children Hi I'm Meher and I live in Dubai I go to North Anglia and I'm in year 8 I am Anya Chaturvedi a 15 year old 10th grader from India Hi, my name is Keshav. I'm 14 years old and I'm in 9th grade and I'm from Morrisville, North Carolina, from the in the US. Welcome to the show. So, are the three of you a little worried about climate change based on all that you're hearing? Of course, I am worried. Climate change is something that is affecting all of us, I believe. Doesn't matter what the age is, and especially someone like me who is going to live in a generation that is seeing so many changes around the world seeing so many shifts in the weather patterns and the temperatures it is definitely going to be a very big thing for me when i travel and i see nature around me i think about the future world and the fact that i'd love to live in a place where there are more trees and flowers and nature is more prominent I think climate change is a pretty big deal because the where I live it's pretty close to the sea so if the sea level rises a lot it would really affect the place where I live I didn't realize we were all going to sound so melancholic thinking of climate change I'm sure we'll find some magic pill that will solve several of these issues 
I know this year we've seen a lot of big news stories related to climate change. Why don't we begin with the three news stories that really caught your eye? Meher, would you like to get started? Um so I read about a treaty called the High Seas Treaty recently. And so each country if it's surrounded by a sea owns about 400 kilometers of the sea from its coast. The sea that's not owned by anyone is known as the high seas. This covers two thirds of our ocean. Because nobody owns these seas, the people who ruin and exploit these seas can't be blamed for anything either. Wow, that's almost like half the planet that is going unmonitored today. Correct. Almost two thirds of the total ocean area on our planet. are high seas and they are exploited continuously hence a few people from different countries got together and made a treaty that would give justice to the marine life and protect them so one part of this treaty stated that certain parts of the high seas couldn't be fished in or could only be fished in a very limited amount so what's the news you are not terribly excited to hear about Unfortunately, not all the countries agreed or signed this treaty. Fishing is one of the greatest contributors to the economy of many countries. Countries like Russia, China, US and Iceland haven't signed this treaty for this reason. It's very disappointing that countries, especially such big countries that contribute so much to global warming, have chosen and have consciously chosen to not support the planet. Meher sounds very disappointed. Everybody else here also feels equally disappointed. The high seas treaty seems like some it it seems pretty good overall. but if many world leaders are choosing not to sign it then it really shows something about their priorities thanks meher anya what caught your eye this year the great barrier reef in australia has been reviving i think it is a very great news because great barrier reef is one of the world heritage sites and it is so beautiful those who don't know about this australia has seen the devastating effects of the climate crisis up close recently the marine heat waves that have caused mass coral bleaching on the great barrier reef it has been found out by marine biologists that they are in fact now starting to be revived So you said that the corals are beginning to recover from coral bleaching. So how long does it take for a coral once it's bleached to come back to life? Meher, it may take about 10 years to recover, but it is a good thing that we found some hope. Keshav, I can see a look of surprise on your face. Are you surprised that coral reefs are actually recovering? I actually only heard this today, so I'm pretty surprised. so because in the science textbooks i read i've only heard about them getting bleached and becoming worse but when i hear that they're doing better I- i'm really happy for our world and then where we're headed i'm glad we can bring positive shocks on a podcast about climate change yeah! so 
Keshav, what's the one news that caught your eye this year? So recently, Pakistan has faced extreme floods due to a more severe monsoon rain than usual and glacier melting at the source of the Indus River. The Indus River is the longest river in Pakistan. This flooding is a result of human-induced climate change, which has caused the atmosphere to heat up. So the Indus River, right, its source is in the glaciers near the border, like the shared border between India, Pakistan, and China. So when climate change causes the atmosphere to heat up, it makes these glaciers start melting. I don't know how to compare this, but it's like an ice cube melting. When the ice cube keeps melting, water keeps flowing. So the faster these glaciers melt, the more water is sent downriver. And that's also something that really played a big part in these floods. How big an event was this flooding in Pakistan? How much of their population was impacted by this? Around 1,000 people have already died. And then 33 million people have been displaced in Pakistan. Around two-fifths of Pakistan's population has been impacted by these floods. Wow, that's a very big chunk of their population that seems to have suffered. What's been the reaction from the rest of the world? Because it's very likely that actions caused by other countries which have led to global warming have resulted in this flooding in Pakistan. Are the other countries willing to take any responsibility for this and help Pakistan out? No country has been claiming full responsibility for the floods in Pakistan. But in reality, many of these countries' actions have negatively impacted the effect of climate change in Pakistan. So what other smaller countries or or countries in general have been impacted by the actions of other countries? I mean, that's a really good question. Uh, One good example of this is the Maldives. For people who don't know where they are, they're off the southern coast of India. They're really close to sea level. So when the sea level rises, significant parts of their country are going to be submerged. So if anyone's planning a holiday to Maldives, now is probably a good time for it. Alrighty, let's shrug our doomsday long faces and listen to some very interesting and positive news related to climate change. Uh, Meher, what do you have to say about something interesting and good that you read about? Paolo Fanciulli is an Italian fisherman who has always been mesmerized by the beauties below the sea. He noticed that the marine ecosystem has in fact been growing worse and worse over the years. He found out that trawling, a method of fishing, had been destroying the marine ecosystem. Trawling is a method of fishing that involves a heavy chained net that's dragged at the bottom of the sea, uprooting sea grass and other valuable parts of the Mediterranean ecosystem. Meher, do these fishing nets or does trawling also affect coral reefs? I'm sure it does. These nets can catch or uproot almost anything in their way. So what's the positive news here, Meher? This fisherman I told you about, Paolo Fanciuli, created beautiful sculptures made of marble 
and drop them at the bottom of the sea. This means that whenever people try to troll, the fishing net gets caught in these beautiful statues. So not only are these statues creating a beautiful barrier for the trawling, but they also create a beautiful underwater museum anybody can visit. So Mehan, what do these sculptures look like? Well, either famous people, inspirational people, or just general figures in the modern world. So Mehan, if you had an opportunity to design a sculpture to be dropped underwater, what would you like your sculpture to look like? I thought a sculpture of a dolphin or a whale would be a really nice one to do. And if a real dolphin came near it, do you think it might be shocked or surprised? I don't think it would recognize itself. But if it knew that a sculpture of it was being made, it would definitely be happy. Three cheers to a world of happy dolphins and whales then. Since we're talking about all the positive changes being brought about regarding climate change, I recently read about this great green wall thing in Africa, which is 8,000 kilometers wide, cutting through about 11 countries. And this green wall is, they're not rebuilding a forest. They're actually making a wall out of trees. I think it is such a brilliant idea. Because not only is it preventing the expansion of the Sahara Desert in Africa, it is also providing the local and the tribal people economically. So Anya, you said that the trees were preventing the expansion of the Sahara Desert. So I assume it's bordering the Sahara Desert. Meher, as you might know that the Sahara Desert is a part of the northern part of Africa. Uh, they have been facing severe droughts and the African people do not want the desert to move downwards. It was mainly inspired by the Great Green Wall of China. Wow, unlike many other walls that we hear of what people want to build, this wall made entirely of forests sounds like a really, really cool idea. And hopefully this wall should be completed and many African tribes should benefit from it. So moving on from interesting ideas in what rural Africa is doing, let's hear from Keshav about some interesting ideas that some large cities in Europe are now adopting. So many cities are, when they were built, they were, they had separate problems from what problems we had today. But nowadays, as times keep changing and new technological innovations have been found, Many of these cities are trying to adapt to these new issues and predicaments. So, for example, in Barcelona, they found that some of their trash, instead of just being recycled locally, it was being shipped all the way to China to be processed. Whoa, they took all the garbage and sent it from Spain all the way to China? That's a lot of carbon footprint. Or in Sweden. They didn't have enough space in their cities and they found out, found out that a lot of it was being taken up by parking areas. So some of these issues, they found really interesting ways to come up with them. For example, in Barcelona, they began tracking some of the trash to find out where it's actually ending up and then how they can optimize it to make sure it's better processed. 
It's almost like how our suitcases at airports carry tags. Every garbage bag in Barcelona also carries a tag. Really interesting. In Stockholm, they've started moving all the parking spaces underground so that they can preserve more space above ground. Yeah, Paris has increased more space on its roads for trees. This is an example. Instead of four lanes, they might cut the road size down to two lanes because when they have more lanes, it causes a lot of noise pollution and air pollution as well. So regarding Paris making their lanes narrower, wouldn't that mean that the cars in, in, in the event of a traffic jam, wouldn't that mean that there's more sort of petrol being wasted? I think the idea is to dissuade people from using their personal cars and instead use public transport. Uh, we'll have to wait and see if that really happens. So far, we've been hearing about interesting news stories related to climate change from three super curious children from around the world. We also have an educator here today with us who has a very keen interest in climate change. And she too would like to share her thoughts on one very interesting news story related to climate change that took place in 2022. Let me introduce you to her. Hi, I'm Nita Shetty. Very happy to be on this platform to reach out to young and not so young viewers. Welcome, Nita. Can you tell us a little bit about your background as an educator? Yes, definitely. So I work with the SM Shetty International School and Junior College, which is located in Kawai, Mumbai. Uh, it's a premier educational institution providing quality education for the last uh, 25 years. I work in the capacity of the IGCSE coordinator. It's a lot of fun dealing with these young and creative minds because um, they are the, their minds are so fertile, so many ideas. School day is never a dull day, never, never a dull day. So, Nita, what draws you personally to the theme of climate change? I live in a place called Pawai in Mumbai. So, it has a huge Pawai lake. It's a natural lake. And um, my favorite pastime is to go there, just spend some quiet moments over there. There's a huge bird population over there. So, we are a group of bird watchers. We spot the migratory birds or the local birds, we try to find out their names. So that's that's a personal hobby and a pastime. So I'm very invested and very, very involved with green initiatives in my school as well. So we have a green team in our school. Uh, so children opt to join the green team. We have a vertical uh, vertical garden where we have put plants on the vertical wall. Now, uh, you know, after talking to our management, we also have put up solar panels so that certain amount of energy used by the school, we use a lot of energy, is uh, uh, generated by the solar panels. So a lot of initiatives by the green team uh, towards a greener earth, a sustainable uh, earth for the future generation. Wow, the school itself uses solar panels. That's quite an interesting way of helping children understand firsthand how renewable energy can be used. Yeah, thank you. And we keep calling experts from the field to sensitize and bring about awareness amongst the students. So 
Neeta, while schools such as yours have been so proactive in taking such green initiatives, is there any one event around the world in 2022 that's caught your eye, which you felt was also a very proactive effort from countries around the world? A particular significant event that happened was the COP27. I'm sure uh, many people know about it, the Conference of the Parties. Uh, it was the 27th um, conference by the United Nations. So that was a significant conference. And while there have been 26 other conferences on the same similar theme, this one was uh, particularly caught my eye uh, because of the contribution of uh, providing funds, loss and damaged funds. Okay, So this was the first time a conference spoke about this. So because of climate change, there are a lot of damage uh, and loss of property and life happening in different countries like the floods in Pakistan, you know, so much of loss of uh, life and property. So and uh, especially for the developing countries. OK, so what is being done about it? So this um, conference spoke about the loss and damage funding, wherein these countries will be compensated for the loss of property and you know whatever destruction has taken place so it's really a step forward thank you neeta for sharing your thoughts on cop 27 this was the first time ever that countries have tried to take responsibility for actions beyond their borders and help each other out let's hope that in the years to come that the amount that is being set aside for this will be significant to help countries like Pakistan or any of the other island nations especially which are at risk. I know Meher, Anya and Keshav have some very interesting questions for you, Neeta. Meher, do you have a question lingering in your mind? I'm, I'm marine creatures or creatures living in land more, more impacted by climate change. Yes marine animals do get affected more than the terrestrial ones or the people living on land primarily because of two reasons one is um, you know we on the land we are uh, prone to wider uh, range of temperature like we can bear a 15 degree and we can bear a 30 degree even for that matter even animals that live in the cold areas or in the desert areas they can sustain at a 10 degree as well as at a 40 degree they can sustain marine animals you know um, this kind of temperature variation is not there in water bodies okay so they are not they are not uh, what to say exposed to this kind of temperature variation right so because of climate change if there is a temperature variation increase in the temperature the marine animals are not equipped to manage so that's why they are more affected thank you neeta on to a quizzical question that i think keshav has in his mind if we restore the entire amazon rainforest would the earth be cooled down back to pre-industrial levels? It's quite debatable because yes, the oxygen level will come up, uh, come up the carbon level will go down. But uh, what are, are we keeping our pollution at check? Are the developmental projects environmental friendly? Are they sustainable? So these two contradict each other, isn't it? So yes, if Amazon rainforest comes back to its original glory, great. But are we keeping a check on the other developmental projects which are contributing to, you know, 
uh, climate change so what that means is we may also have to go back and leave the kind of lifestyles people led 200 years ago that definitely means no screens and that may also mean no podcasts <laughs> and anya what's your question as we know christmas is approaching in less than a month what do you think uh, would be a better option for consumers purchasing an artificial christmas tree or a natural one now since this is the the theme is climate change and preserve our forests you know i would ideally be saying oh go and buy a plastic one or a wooden one but uh, honestly christmas is it's a festival we can't be plastic in everything right so keeping up the spirit of the festival i think we can have a real tree and but we ensure that we also plant a tree truly enjoy the festival in its true sense Thank you so much Anya Keshav Meher and Neeta it was such a pleasure chatting with all of you thank you did you enjoy listening to this banter between Anya Meher Keshav and Neeta then this podcast might just be the most interesting way by which you can catch up with everything that's going on in the world But before we wrap up this episode i have a small favor to ask all of you Here at What's New Today, we are always thinking of ways to improve this podcast to give you, the listeners, more of what you would enjoy. So we can do that. It would really help us if you could fill out a survey questionnaire. The link to that is in the show notes below. And of course, we look forward to hearing all of your opinions and thoughts. And as ever, please share us, rate us and spread the word to help us reach a wider audience. Episodes on this channel drop every Monday and Friday. And thanks for listening. <laughs>